I would like to take you, if I may, on a journey. What journey is that? It is the journey of Broadway breakdown discussing the Rocky Horror Show. Let's do it. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussions, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Broadway breakdown. My, that voice sounds familiar. (laughs) Sounds just like the voice in the film. Do you know that on this internet video, someone did comment, wow, that sounds just like Tim Curry. They did such a great job. It's because it is Tim Curry. Yes, then the following comments were, you're joking. Uh, Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our discussion of the Rocky Horror Show, not to be confused with the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is the film. (laughs) I just want to make that clear from the beginning. Some people don't know. There is two different titles. Uh, I, of course, will be your host, Brianna Phipps. You can reach me everywhere at bphipps14, except for Snapchat. Add one, two before that 14 on there. Next to me, we have, of course, the lovely Jackie. One, two, three, Jackie be on all platforms. And then we have some very, very special guests heading over the other side of the table. Hi, I'm Yael Teagle. I'm live in the chat with you and on Twitter at Yael Teagle. That's Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. And I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys. You can always find me at L-E-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. <laughs> the <Great>. internet. Yes. <laughs> there is only one internet. Mm-hmm. Well, debatable, yeah. but we're not here to talk about that. No. Hi, guys. Of course, we're always, always, always going to start off our show with our news for the week, always brought to us by Robert Diamond and BroadwayWorld.com. We have some great news this week. Uh, we got to learn that coming off the Rocky Horse <laughs> show, actually, because Fox's other one was Grease Live, Grease Live's... Uh, Jordan Fisher is going to make his Broadway debut in Hamilton playing John Lawrence. Yay! Yay. <laughs> he deserves applause. I know. I just don't think we've ever had someone do that. That's fun. <laughs> it was also in unison, which also made it great. We're happy for him. We are happy for him. Yeah. Um, if those of you that don't maybe know who Jordan Fisher is or didn't or see Or maybe Bruce those Live. of you who don't know what Hamilton is. <laughs> like the president? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> on, uh, anyway, sorry guys. Uh, he was in *Living Maddie* and *The Secret Life of the American Teenager*. He's he's been around, um, but this will be his first time on Broadway, which is exciting. It's yeah, always exciting to uh, pop that cherry on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that's a uh, you know just going to be an easy breezy show. No one's really heard of it. No yeah, pressure yeah. to live up to. Yeah. There. Is, the P- is the PBS thing still on Facebook? Because they were streaming for a while. I the, think the PBS you can show still watch Facebook. it. Like, if you go to the page, I think they kept the video up. Mm. So, you so can there you go. It. If you miss it on PBS, for those of you millennials who are probably the people who like Hamilton and don't have PBS, <laughs> it's probably on Facebook. Oh, yeah. That's good to know. But if you do have PBS, um, they might be replaying it. I'm not sure. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure, sure they, they will. will be. But yeah, I'm sure they what will. What else is PBS doing? <laughs> <laughs> not uh, Sesame Street. <laughs> um, anyway, Jordan Fisher is going to be taking over for Anthony Ramos, who's leaving on November 20th to film a Spike Lee film. Yeah. So exciting for him. Mm. For Netflix. For Netflix. Uh, and uh, Jordan Fisher will take over starting the 22nd. Very cool. So if you're in the area, let us know how he does. <laughs> and have tickets, because you must have bought them months and months and months ago. <laughs> um, uh, we also have the full cast has been officially announced for Hello, Dolly. Yes. Starring Bette Midler. Those tickets mm. like sold out like things that sell out. <laughs> I have a good analogy. A Furby. Yeah. That's full of uh, It made record... <laughs> of how many it sold on the first day uh, sales. Because Bette Midler. Yeah. Um, I'm actually really excited. This is going to sound so silly, but uh, Beanie Fe- Feldstein 
which is, mm-hmm. I believe, Jonah Hill's little sister. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Because <laughs> um, she was in Neighbors 2, um, Sorority Rising. Sorry, I'm going to give you the full title. And so it's, <laughs> it's really exciting that she's making her Broadway debut as well, because... Um, She's Jonah Hill's little sister, and I feel like he... Academy Award nominee Jonah Hill. His little sister. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, the full cast is, of course, David Hyde Pierce, who was already mentioned. We also have Gavin Creel, Kate Baldwin, Taylor Trench, Will Burton, Melanie Moore, Jennifer Simard. Uh, This sounds like a great cast. I mean, just the first two alone, like, makes me want to go see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't care if Bette Midler was, like, in a one-woman show, I would go see it. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It's Bette Midler. She's been in a one-woman show, hasn't she? Probably. Probably. Um, (laughs) Her life is a one-woman show. This is going to be the first new production of this musical to appear on Broadway since it originally opened over 50 years ago. Wow. Which is a big deal, because Broadway, you usually have, like, three or four revivals by this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... So that's going to be at the Schubert Theater starting March 15th and then opening officially on April 20th. And you can get tickets at HelloDollyOnBroadway.com. And just for the fact of that, Broadway, it was more than $9 million in the box office. Wow. For the first Bet day. Bette Miller can sell tickets. Yeah, yeah if you want to sell, sell tickets to a show, hire Bette Miller. She's on The Voice right now, too, which <laughs> she, I'm really, really? enjoying. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah, she's doing the guest judge stint Did on The Voice. Did she kick Miley Cyrus off? <laughs> no, she's she's Blake's guest judge, oh. which is I don't think that's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, he gets like I don't know. Every like a person to oh, talk to, to every like judge brings in a guest judge for like or a guest like host or whatever for assistance. So oh. she's the guest person for Blake. Judge. For Blake, for yeah, Blake, which was weird to me. I, I I was like. I don't know. I'm, maybe I thought it would be Miley because she's friends with Dolly and I don't know, all great. I was like <laughs> imagining all these great female singers together, but no, it was for Blake. Hmm. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to assume money's involved. <laughs> Lots of money. Or, or maybe some of that, uh, what does he call it? His uh, can of biscuits physique. You know, maybe she's into that. <laughs> Aww, Perhaps. <laughs> That's an unpleasant thought. Uh, moving right along. He's sexy, come on. We have our last bit of news. Mark Ballas is taking his first Broadway, or he took his first Broadway bow, sorry, this happened earlier in the week, for Jersey Boys. Mm. Yeah. He's so cute. And if, uh, those that you don't know, <laughs> Mark Ballas, him. he's from Dancing with the Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, also he, the guy I drunkenly hugged on my birthday. What up? <laughs> <laughs> Did he do like a dance as he hugged you? I think That's he was I just trying to, to get happen. away from me, anyone... and he was so polite about it because I was so messy. I was like, I love you! Mm-mm. I love you. Oh, my God. He's playing Frankie Valley, The lead, right? The lead in the show, um, which is also going to be ending its record-breaking 11-year run on Broadway. It's now the... 12th and longest running. We're going to be musical. talking about it here on Broadway Breakdown. Yeah, end of November. About Crazy. A month from now. Well, it's, mm. I feel like, and maybe because I'm not a big Broadway person, so maybe I don't know, but I feel like it's kind of weird for him to be joining now when it's ending um, January. A lot of times when celebrity joins, mm-hmm. I, like that's the best way I could put it, like someone from TV goes to do Broadway. Yeah. Um, that's not part of the original. They do it for like a month or a month or two. Yeah, like a they stint. do a short run. But or if you're Leona Lewis, it's like for a day. Um, <laughs> it didn't say if he was doing it for me. I imagine he is, which would be like three months. Okay. Because it's ending in January. January yeah. 15th. Yeah. All right. So Which it's a great, great show. Like if you mm-hmm. haven't gotten seen it, um, it's also in Vegas still, I believe. I think it's like yeah, permanently in Vegas it's like for the time being. Vegas. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a really fun show. They do really cool things with the staging. Uh, 
go see it. It's it's just a lot of fun. Hmm. Um, thank you always to Broadway World and Robert Diamond for that news. And of course, we now are moving on to talking about what we're all here for. Yay! Yes, the Rocky Horror Show. Yay! Mm-hmm. All right, I want to talk a little bit about how this show began, which means we're going to be talking about Richard O'Brien. Yay! Because he really is the brain behind this show. Yeah. Um, he wrote the music and lyrics for it. He also started Riff Raff <laughs> in, mm-hmm. like, multiple productions. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everything Tim Curry has done with this show, so has Richard O'Brien. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah, they're the two most constant. They were in the... Because when it, when it left England, it came to Los Angeles first at the Roxy Theater, mm-hmm. which is, to me, like, it's the Roxy's like a rock music venue, yeah. for those of you who live so it was here perfect. don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of, like, when I was reading that, I was like, that's random, but whatever. But apparently, even when they did, like, the shadow casting, and for those, if you're watching this, you probably already know about the shadow cast, but that's when the people recreate the movie alongside of it, which is another piece of theater entirely, but... When they did that, it was also that was also big in Los Angeles. It seems like Los Angeles really loves Rocky Horror, and I'm not so sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think California in general, because in San Francisco, it's a huge mm. deal oh, too. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's certain cities, obviously, where Rocky Horror is a much uh, bigger deal than maybe some cities in like small towns are not going to be as favoring yeah. to it. Yeah, surprisingly, Denton, Texas is one of the hottest Rocky Horror spots because uh, you know, Richard O'Brien even talked about it one time at Texas Frightmare Weekend. about the school how, was named Denton? Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's Denton and, you know, he really had been there and it's such a weird town. That's where I went to college and, yeah, like, they love Rocky Horror there because it's it's sort of like a mini Austin, Texas. It's, you know, just north of <laughs> Dallas, and it's just fun and weird, and it's that little bit of just outside the Bible Belt where people can be weird. So Richard really, you know, fell in love with the city. Yeah. That's crazy. I know the show's also, like, globally. Yeah. I got to watch it in Israel <laughs> one summer on the beach, which was a really crazy that experience. Because, wow. like the shadow casting, they had it in the front, and the audience, they even said, like, over the loudspeaker, please ignore the crazy Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Because the audience was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> yeah, we're... was it? It was an actual theatrical production, though. It wasn't a shadow. Cast. Oh no, it was a. Sh- it was the movie in shadow cast. Oh, it was okay. not a theatrical production. Um. So Richard O'Brien created this musical. Um, he wanted to pay a humorous tribute to sci-fi and B-rate horror films <laughs> from the '40s to the early '70s. Yeah. Which, if yeah. you think of it as that when you watch it, it makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I think that the people, this is like one of the things that defines the term cult classic, the movie is actually, but the play is, the original play has so many of the same actors in the movie that I think it's it's okay to kind of. I think like, the play's a cult classic too. Like yeah. It's become. Yeah. yeah, the movie though really made it like cult classic as defined the term cult classic. And so I, I, I now I don't remember what my point was. But <laughs> oh yeah, I think the people the people who really like flock to the play or to the movie or both or whatever, I, I think that they they innately get that. Like I don't think anybody who goes and sees Rocky Horror and loves it is like, oh really? It's it's got a B movie thing going on. Well like, when I was watching it those for the first already. time at fourteen I had uh, yeah. no clue what was going on. Yeah. And I, I had no context of this. I agree. I feel like when we first see, I mean, 
because we're all pretty young. So I feel like when we all... I'm not. Mm. We're all pretty <laughs> young. I'm just throwing that out there. You're under 50. Yeah. You're yeah. under 40. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Were, I'm going to assume that you were not there when it started. No, <laughs> I was not there when it started. Um, and so I feel like uh, when we all... I mean, I also, when I first saw it, I was 13. And I remember going, what is this? I love it. And not being aware of the sci-fi aspects. And I didn't realize I loved sci-fi until someone went, you're such a nerd. And I went, oh. <laughs> yeah, like I got bad. that there was aliens. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't like make that connection of like horror meets sci-fi. Right, because you're a big horror fan. Yeah. And I hate horror, so I don't think I would have realized until I understood the genre of B-horror films I grew up watching B horror mm. films, so and by the too. time I yeah. saw Rocky so Horror, yeah. I, it was like I just—it was one of those things. I loved it because it was an homage to B horror sci-fi, and I saw it immediately. Yeah, and for me, it's like—and this is going to show how I grew up. But the first time I remember seeing Rocky Horror with my dad, I was like five or six. <laughs> um, and, and see, and uh, my dad would even dress up as Frankenfurter and take us trick or treating in the Bible <laughs> Belt. But yeah, and my brother That's and I great. would be Riff Raff and Magenta, and we thought that was normal. And so yeah, like this thing was just such a big part of my childhood. And I remember going to my friend's parents' house for Halloween, and they were watching it. I was like, see, it's not just us. <laughs> and it was just so you know, it's one of those things that there it was taboo, but not for my family because we grew up watching that. And then uh, you know, we were definitely horror sci-fi fans anyway. So all the little references in science fiction, it's like we're like, oh yeah, we've seen that movie and just as little kids and I never thought there was anything in this movie that wasn't normal (laughs) it's funny because the way the like show is introduced with the usherette you know singing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. basically going here is the plot and referencing Mm -hmm. all of these classic horror films and sci-fi films I remember going I don't know what that is I I don't know what that is I I don't know what that is (laughs) Yeah, like as a fourteen year old, I had no clue what all of these references were, and now it, that's why it's like fun to go back and yeah. watch things when you, as you do more with your life and get older. Like even TV shows, just because you get more references. Mm-hmm. Um, There's something Shakespearean though in the whole sense of like revealing the plot before the plot yeah. happens, which is something else I I appreciate coming from that background as well. Yeah, because it's like this is what you're getting into, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a really cool way to think yeah. about it. I like that. Um, I want to read a quote really fast because I want to talk about how Tim Curry became involved with the project. Mm-hmm. And when I read this quote, yeah, I thought of you. Great. And you'll get why in a second, I think. Can't <laughs> wait. So he said, I had heard about the play because I lived on Paddington Street off Baker Street, which, by the way, reading this quote as a Sherlock Holmes fan. Oh, yeah. Was <laughs> I know. It was like Baker <laughs> Street. Uh, and there was an old gym a few doors away. I saw Richard O'Brien in the street, and he said he'd just been to the gym to see if he could find a muscle man who could sing. <laughs> I said, why do you need him to sing? And he told me that his musical was going to be done and I should talk to Jim Sharman. And he gave me the script and thought, and I thought, boy, if this works, it's going to be a smash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see it. I Why does think, he have to sing? No, I was thinking more like your dream job would be to go to the gym and watch Muscle Men. That too. They don't have to <laughs> sing. That does sound great. Uh, but I thought that was like a really cool thing with that he got involved and became the face of this show yeah. by just running into someone on the street. Oh. That maybe he knew or maybe he didn't. I'm assuming he knew him from the way right. the encounter went down. <laughs> um, I love it when a show, like, comes together like that, when it's a surprise encounter. Or, like, uh, I was having coffee and I saw this person and they said, you know you'd be great for this role. Because it, it, like, reminds people that 
first off, be nice to people. But <laughs> yeah. second, like, you never know when you're going to get an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You also never know, like, random people you can think of and you're like, they're so right for this role. Yeah. And, I mean... You guys already talked about the Fox show, but that was one of the things is you're always comparing Tim Curry to that role because mm-hmm. in, in a sense, Tim Curry kind of is that role. Yeah. So you're like... Like, not only did he create it, but he He's played it yeah. so much, and it's like, yeah, he's still there in, in that movie, but you're like, but I just want this to be Tim Curry yeah. on some level. Although I will say Giles is a close second. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Stewart heads. Yeah. Frankenfurter is amazing. He played Frankenfurter in the 90s. You can Especially people yeah. that were Buffy fans Look were probably up. all oh, about yeah. it. Yeah. He, like, it's just, <laughs> you have to look, you can look it up and see, like, the makeup isn't the same as the Tim Curry makeup, but he has his own, like, flair flair to it, and his voice is wonderful. Um, so this show obviously originated in London, was very successful there. I think it ran until, like, 79, from 73 to 79 in mm-hmm. London. Uh, it moved to L.A. and had a successful run in L.A., as Jackie said, at the Roxy Theater for nine months, and then they moved to Broadway, where it tanked. Yeah. tanked. Yeah, which is kind of similar to the movie's story. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Um, and it actually, the year it went on Broadway was the year the movie came out. Yeah. It was 1975. Uh, the, the movie was, or the, um, I'm trying to see if I got this right. One was supposed to be an opening for the other. I think the... The Broadway opening happened just before the film's release because they thought, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this Broadway thing and it's gonna be a huge hit on Broadway. They were anticipating that it was gonna be a huge hit, and then they were like, well, now the movie, like we're doing this so that the movie becomes a huge hit too. And the movie tanked, and so did the <laughs> um, the play. The play tanked probably, and then the movie tanked probably because the play yeah. tanked too. Um. <laughs> The original play starred Tim Curry, of course, uh, Jamie Donnelly, who also... No, no, sorry. I'm, I'm thinking of the wrong one. The, uh, the London one had the magenta from the film and also the yeah, Columbia Quinn from was the film. Yeah, and Nell Campbell. Nell, little Nell. Campbell. Bonnie Enton mm. with Columbia, Abigail Harness with Janet Weiss, Graham Jarvis uh, was the criminologist slash narrator, uh, Meatloaf, was Eddie and Dr. Everett Scott, because in the show, that's played by the same person. I don't yeah. think he was that in the London cast. I not in the London, that, this yeah, was the, the Rock Broadway one. Yeah, and, and the Broadway cast. Yeah. And he started in the Los Angeles one. Yeah, yeah. yeah he so, took. Yeah. O- he, yeah, he started in Los Angeles one. He actually talked, I think, about how fun it was watching different stars. Like, Elvis Presley came to the Yeah, that Los he Angeles wanted to one. be in the movie. Elvis wanted to play Eddie in the movie, is what I read. Isn't that <laughs> funny? Meatloaf was like, not no. my part. No. <laughs> I can't imagine yeah. Elvis Presley. Yeah, like... Yeah. That's Meatloaf's part. That's mm. a Meatloaf part. Because you're not supposed to be overly sexy as Meatloaf. He's not yeah. su- as, as Eddie. He's like a botched Sorry, experiment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's he's a guy who lost half his brain, and yeah. we're going to eat him later. Like, <laughs> you if you do that to, to Elvis, like, people would be crying. Yeah. Uh, Elvis, you've already made bad movies. You don't, <laughs> you don't need to make another one. <laughs> Rocky Horror was Kim uh, Milford, and Brad, Brad Majors was Bill Miller, and Riff Raff was Richard O'Brien, of course. I can't, I just can't imagine, I mean, I've seen other people, but it's like um, Frankenfurter. It's Tim Curry and Richard O'Brien. Yeah. I will say I did love the guy from the Fox thing, because mm-hmm. I, I thought he paid a good homage to Richard um, O'Brien. Uh-huh. And then we had the Broadway Revival come back in 2001, which was different. Um, they had changed 
tempos and scores and everything because the movie had at this point become so cult yeah. classic. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so they changed it to be more, I think, kind of in lines with the movie in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was in 2000. 2000. So, I mean, when you think uh, the the midnight screenings had been a cult classic for like over 20 years or something yeah. now. Yeah, so, so they, they you thought, have to you do have that. to kind of <laughs> pay homage to that. Um, we had Tom Hewitt as Frank Converter, which I read uh, an interesting thing because if you listen to him in the soundtrack, he is um, a little more feminine with the role than Tim Curry was, and he said he had trouble, and the director had to keep pushing him back because he would always kind of head more towards the female aspects of Frank Converter, and the director had to keep being like, but he's also masculine. Yeah, and he had to keep like reminding himself of that because it was so easy to kind of like fall into that female. That's so role. interesting because I feel like Frankenfurter. I feel like Frankenfurter is such a masculine. Yeah, role. it is such a masculine role. Again, the same problem I had with Laverne Cox is because when you look at Tim Curry, it, he's not even he's wearing female esque and a female esque outfit, and he kind of has yeah. certain things, but it's not like he's not trying to do like a drag impersonation. Yeah. No, he's not a female impersonator. He's just a sweet transvestite. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when uh, BBC America did their 40th anniversary and uh, David Badella, I think that's how he pronounced his name, was Frankenfurter, it was so, he's, in like a corset with the, the the whole outfit, you know, with the garter belt, and it just felt so manly. <laughs> I was like, take me. It was just so so like to see or did he think about a role like Frankenfurter being played so feminine just feels a little off, you know? I think you can play it both ways, but I think like, you know, there definitely are feminine parts of right. him. But you don't want to go too far because yeah. you are still like identifying yourself as a man and you are still kind of like that like forceful person yeah. which is a masculine trait. Um, Jazz in the chat says Adam Lambert uh, brought glam and sexy to Eddie for the Fox show. I did love Adam I Lambert as I, I and he did, they Adam either Lambert either with the makeup or himself like he looked heavier than normal. Yeah, yeah, but so. he was very glam. He was very good. I'm the only one that doesn't like him still now. And, and a lot of it has to do with the, the replacing Freddie Mercury and Queen. I just can't get over that. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the same reason my boyfriend's mad at him. And I'm like, listen, the guy can sing. Like, yeah. Adam Lambert can... I've been to an Adam Lambert concert, and he can sing. Like, on on tapes, he sounds canned almost, because that's how good his voice is. Um, getting to the rest of the cast from the revival, we also have Daphne Ruben Vega as Magenta, who most people know from Rent as the original Mimi. Yeah. Um, and slash Usherette because the best part is played by both person. Neil Campbell as Columbia, Alice Ripley as Janet, which most people know from Next to Normal now. <laughs> yeah. Um, the criminologist and narrator was Dick Cavett. Eddie slash Dr. Everett Scott was Leah Del- Delaria, I think oh, so that's how you say Big it. Boo. It's Big Boo from Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. This was played by a female for the revival. Love it. Uh, we also had Sebastian Lacaz as Brad Majors, Jared Emick as Riff Raff, and Rala, oh, sorry, Ralas Barroza as Riff Raff, sorry. Um, just so everyone knows, that's uh, Barba from Law & Order Special yes. Victims Unit. This is a huge deal. Huge deal. For us. <laughs> yes. For people that are... For people that care. He is sexy. <laughs> Not care. That's mean for me. I don't want to put that on my voice. No. <laughs> just saying. I just don't watch Law & Order. Right. Um, Shame. So... 
coming off of these two, and the revival was a bigger hit than the original, but still not. It had to be. I mean, yeah. it, there was 20 years of midnight screenings leading up to that. So then you're you have this basically product, and you're offering people more of the product. So of course they're going to buy more of the product. But for some reason, it's still like I mean, it did well, but it just didn't do like I think as huge as some people expected mm-hmm. it to do. Yeah, um, and I don't know if that's just because people are like so stuck in like watching Tim Curry play the role or, or what. But for some reason, it didn't do as what was expected to do. I think one of the things that helped it at least was the fact that they allowed the callbacks, which has become like such an important thing in the film, is that the they on the show let you do callbacks, which is very weird. For like a stage show, especially for a Broadway stage show, I I do think that's wonderful though because I feel I come from a more like avant garde theater background, and so what was fascinating to me is the, about the Shadow Cast is that this was the theater that people wanted to have for this kind of show. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be able to interact with it, so allowing people to interact with it, I think, was a positive thing. Yeah, and I think one of the things people really enjoy. Um, is that the cast, because it's live, can respond or will right. be caught off guard and laugh. And, yeah. and which, it's really great. Which we'll, we're going to get more into the audience participation fully later. My bad. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got excited. I just, but I do want to talk about the music because, yes. like I did say, they did speed up some tempos, which listening to the original, which I've only ever listened to the movie or uh, the revival, listening to the original made sense now some tempo changes they chose I think for the thing like the slowing down of time warp was something that was you mean for the Fox event yes for the Fox event sorry so I think that that is a good thing that they sped up tempos I think it works better speeding up up the tempos in the Fox event no in the revival oh in the revival I said said the original made me realize maybe why they slowed down some tempos for the Fox event because they were slowed down in the original Broadway cast like time warp the beginning is slowed way way down in the original because it, the original was so short is why they yeah aged. they didn't know yeah. how they had no intermission yeah, yeah. Hmm. that's interesting that like the Fox show chose to mix and match from the movie and the original oh they Broadway did for show. sure yeah in terms of the musical styling um, I just I feel like the music is so memorable and so like everyone can feel it that I I wish I wish it would have continued and been the same the whole time that's what I'm saying yeah. is that from the 70s I wish music had well, there's never a reason, changed I think there's a reason why when they sped it up for the movie and yeah. they decided to keep it sped up for right. the future and I and everyone talks about the Fox revival, but VH1 did a great 25th anniversary. Uh, you know, it was just special. And and it wasn't like a full-on revival, but it was just a lot of people like Eric McCormick sing Sweet Transvestite. Jesse L. Martin did science fiction. It was like, that's, it was really such a good thing because you had different people coming in and it was more of a tribute. But I'm like, the Fox thing gets so much credit when I'm like, that was better. <laughs> I think that it's just the yeah. buzz. Yeah, it's just the buzz. Like the, yeah. VH1 doesn't have as big of an audience as Fox yeah, does. No. And not even back Especially in 2000 when this was done. That's probably why it revived yeah, VH, a lot. If, yeah. VH1 back in the 80s or early 90s would yeah. have gotten a lot more buzz than in 2000. Yeah. Um, Serenity Q26 in the chat says, I liked the event. These fanboys and girls need to <laughs> chill um, for and just enjoy it for what it was instead of comparing it to their oh-so-precious and perfect original. No one's saying the original was perfect. It bombed when it you know got to Broadway. 
we're just saying. And of course, these are always <laughs> yeah. our opinions on the right. show. Right. No. You're allowed to have a different opinion. That's right. what makes life interesting. If you like the event, good on you. Um, and I do want to talk about, they have a song in the show that was never used in the movie and was not used in this new one. It's called in a... Once in a While. Mm-hmm. It's in a director's cut or era. Is it? In the yes. Not a director's the cut. The 40th a, anniversary special yeah, exclusive there's, yeah. director's yeah, there's cut. Some sort of, there's some sort of like cut scene. They filmed it. They just never used it. Same thing with superheroes. It's like it's only in some of the DVDs. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once in a while, they still use in the show. It wasn't used in this I don't new like event. this song. <laughs> I just my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I, this is a, basically it's Brad Major's song of I don't I don't know how to compare it like this, but it's kind of like a touch 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 me is Janet's song of getting oh. upset with Brad. Mm-hmm. Once in a while is his song of uh, being upset with Janet and like kind of realizing that the relationship is not what it was anymore. When is yeah. the song? It's literally right after Touch 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 Me. Yeah, it's when oh. they they've all mm-hmm. discovered that she's sleeping with Rocky and So you know, it's after that. Yeah. Brad, Janet, yes. and Rocky. Yeah, no, 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 it's before it's that. Just oh, they haven't found them yet because yeah. he, they see oh. them having sex on the, on the monitor. monitor. Yeah, and it's just right after the monitor scene in the movie if you have the director cut like they do play it in some of them yeah it's like he's yeah. he's seen her on this monitor and it's him singing as they're walking to find them basically oh. but yeah it's it's kind of an musically it doesn't really fit with the rest of the music yeah i yeah. wrote it sounds like a country tune yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's so very sappy yeah well, i'm glad i've never heard it <laughs> it's fun to watch barry bostwick so that if you're like me i love barry bostwick <laughs> Um, also, something that was not in the original, but they brought back for the revival, was the reprise of science fiction. The mm-hmm. ending yeah. song yes. was never in the original. Hmm. I feel like that... I, I prefer it that way, to have a reprise, because it kind of makes sense of what you just saw. <laughs> because there's a lot of nonsensicalness to the ending, and you're just like, okay, I guess... <laughs> I guess like people are dying and you're going off to your planet whatever um it, it's nice to have something to kind of you have this like grounding song in the beginning it's nice to have something to kind of like ground you back in in at the end yeah it's like yeah. that full circle like and i also just like that they changed the lyrics up like it's like he's going to build a creature and he built a creature yeah. <laughs> just so you're aware it happened i like it I, uh, to take it to your shakespearean yeah you know it's everyone's dead now I love it. I think that's so good. <laughs> like it, this is, I'm thinking specifically now about Romeo and Juliet, where in the beginning they, they basically tell you, like, we have star-crossed lovers, yeah. like, bad mm-hmm. things are going to happen, yada, yada. And then it ends up, and it's like, now everything's sad, and let yeah, me I'm tell gonna... you about how everything's sad. Yeah, Here's I your lesson it. you need to learn from it. Right, <laughs> basically. Yeah. I love it. Um, and it seems like a great time to go into our diva song. For mm. Yell, since she's never been on Broadway Breakdown before, yes. we have a segment called Our Diva Song, where we say what song from the show we would just diva out to in our car sing at the top of our lungs is our mm. favorite ultimate song from the show Lucretia you want to start with it? God this is like Sophie's choice over here for me because I mean I this is really one of those musicals where I literally love every song but I think I'm just gonna have to go and say Rose Tip My World because I feel like it doesn't get enough credit yeah. oh oh yeah. I can't choose <laughs> yeah so I know that like um Columbia's portion of Rose Tint My World is yeah. definitely something that I belt out. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like Touch Me is definitely a song that I would <laughs> yeah, belt yeah. out. You sing that every day. I, I do. Um, 
And because I was, uh, oh, I was invited to play Eddie in the the Shadowcast. It would be hot patootie. Mm. But, uh, but I feel like I, I all of them, all of them. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Jackie, well, mine would be yeah. sweet transvestite. Yeah, yeah. Sweet transvestite. Uh, I thought mine would be sweet transvestite, but as I was playing it in my car, I sang Hot Patootie way louder and with mm-hmm. way more right? energy. So I think mine is actually Hot Patootie. <laughs> really? Just until the end when it gets repetitive, and then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm done singing the same line over and over. Yeah. I <laughs> love that song because the role of Eddie is so random to me. Yeah. It doesn't really fit until it's you're like, like, oh, it's perfect. You just feel like... You just feel like Richard O'Brien just really liked rock music too, and he was like, "We gotta add like a like an old school rock number yeah. in here." Yeah, and he's like, "Let's just put it right there, <laughs> right in the middle." Also, going off of Hot Patootie kind of leads perfectly into my next thing to talk about, <laughs> which is costumes, because that's like I feel like when you have everybody in the same room together, so you're yeah. seeing all of these different types of costumes. Because we have the party goers, we have like the biker people, mm-hmm. we have Brad and Janet in their underwear, yeah. we have the corsets. So, like, I don't know. I just want, what are your guys' thoughts on how they costumed this movie, especially with it being such a kind of risky movie for the time period, also making kind of risky costume choices? Like, what do you think of that? Yeah, I, um, I, I'm a big corset fan. So, like, more people in corsets, the better. Um, I love the idea of taking women's wear air quotes on that and and applying it to men which is something that they do throughout you know we end up with uh, dr scott with the fishnets and, yes. and brad in the fishnets and fishnets rocky for everyone fishnet. yeah, yeah. And, and rocky like let's talk about this tiny piece of here's a costume for you uh, I'm not Speedo. a stripper. To me, I'm not a stripper. To me, because this was the '70s, I don't. The only, that's literally the only risky outfit to me because you have this guy who has to be like running around on stage and doing the whole sort of Damocles thing in his tidy whiteies, basically tidy goldies. Yeah, yeah. Brad's in tidy whiteies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But I feel like when I think '70s, right? You think like bell bottoms, like disco. You, you think don't think disco. like hair. You know, somehow I don't. But even hair, like <laughs> hair, hair 60s technically. Yeah, but yeah. also hair like had pants until it didn't. But like <laughs> what I'm saying is I, I think when I think seventies, I for some reason feel like it's winter all the time and everyone's wearing long sleeves and pants, you know? Well, that's because that seventies show is. I was about to say, Wisconsin. was it just that seventies show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they were in Wisconsin. They I had know. more pants. I, that's not not the only thing. I mean, I it's not even just risky in like the sense of like it being corsets and stuff yeah. like that. I think it's just like interesting to throw that mix of costuming together. Like, you know what? We're going to put you in this w- wig with this party hat, these sunglasses, but a suit. <laughs> That's total camp to me, which is why yeah. I love it. It's yeah. it's it's camp, it's B-movies, you know, not it's paying homage to like people who don't have budgets, mm-hmm. which, which it didn't have. Which it yeah. didn't have. Um, I think I read somewhere that the budget for costumes was like $2,000. There's something something that was like, you're like, record scratch. <laughs> no, and I think it worked. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not bringing this up because I don't think it worked. I think it worked, but I just think it was like, you know, it's just an interesting choice to go with. Like, it could have just as easily been like, what are these people wearing? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of I kind of felt like when they first started, if they didn't have 2000 they went, everyone go to your closet. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring something you've never worn before. <laughs> And that's what they got. Bring out your best fishnets. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you have these two requirements. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll take anything. (laughs) And shoes. Let's talk about shoes for a second. Oh, yeah, because even Rocky has little gold booties. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's wearing shoes. But, like, 
you know, Frankenfurter's heels and Rocky's little gold shoes. Like, I feel like that's where the budget went. That's why Rocky's in a tiny little, you know, Speedo. Well, we had to get your gold shoes. (laughs) It's like, we couldn't afford pants. When you see Anthony Head singing, he's got like a... It's weird because he's got like a jean biker jacket kind of thing going on. But he's got the same kind of makeup with the eyebrows. Well, <laughs> well uh, Tim Curry did wear a biker jacket in the movie at one point. Oh, yeah. I don't think it was yeah. jean, though. Was it, it jean? No, no, I think it was, it was like, like, leather. like a leather. Yeah. It was yeah. a leather. Um, and I want to talk about the alien costumes at the end. Oh, oh my I love favorite. that. The magenta bride of Frankenstein. Just like, let's, in case you weren't aware, the, the thousand times we've said they're aliens yeah. now between the dinner scene and now. Yeah. They're aliens. That's, <laughs> that's my favorite. I, I think I said it when we watched the event. Like, that's my favorite part is when um, Riff Raff and Magenta are like, let us explain to you what has happened. Yeah. <laughs> this is weird and you're probably confused. And they just go, here is the plot. That's my favorite part. And to see them in the alien outfit after we've had crazy clothing the whole time, it's like, no, but this is, this is it. Alien. But at, in the movie, at least, like, they're in the alien outfit, but they're still wearing, like, garter belt. Yeah, it's still yeah. sexy. <laughs> sexy aliens. Sexy aliens. It makes sense, though, because it's like they have they have strange customs that are yeah. very different than our so from own. transsexual Transylvania. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Like, um, that's a planet. Yeah. Hmm. Now this film and play did a huge, I think, a huge thing for the LGBTQ community, both then and now. Like, what do you like? What do you guys think of it? Like, kind of, do you think it made people feel more okay and open to be who they were? I think it confused a lot of people. Um, to be honest, I, I think it definitely opened the idea of. Maybe not open, but was like reminding people the idea of free love, kind of, right? Because we see Frankenfurter with everyone. Everyone. (laughs) Um, But I think that it confused, or at least now it's very much confusing people. And I think that at that time it also may have confused people because trans issues weren't a very, you know, thing that people knew about. Um, So to have a show that's explaining barely what transsexual or transvestite means was probably people going, ha ha, that's a silly person, <laughs> as opposed to what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I Not that I feel like this movie needed to be educational, but I feel like if you're going to bring in a concept that people aren't aware of, you might as well explain it properly. Well, for me, as my parents grew up with this, and, you know, my dad really loved it, and, he, you know, he's always been a strange guy, this movie really opened up male femininity, And, you know, I feel that it was the prelude to the 80s where men started, you know, having long, big hair again, wearing makeup. Like, you know, there would be no David Lee Roth, no Freddie Mercury without this movie. David Bowie. Yeah, yeah, David Bowie. Although he started in the 70s, I guess. Earlier, but he didn't get really into the costumes until later, yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's a good point to take. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about, it's it's interesting to me because I had the same argument with my boyfriend when he was like, I don't like Adam Lambert as the main singer of Queen. And I was like, okay, why? And he's like, I don't like his costumes. And I'm like, really? Okay, first, Freddie Mercury, yeah, his costumes might have been, quote unquote, more masculine, but they were still, I, they were still identifiable as part of, like, that. It, it's... S- gay S&M kind of outfits yeah. that he would wear. And so I was like, Adam Lambert's just wearing a different, like, LGBTQ identifiable kind of outfit. It's just not what you're used to. And then 
you say you like David Bowie and all these other things, and you you can't like pick and choose and say, oh, I like this feminine masculine woman, mm. but this feminine masculine woman is not okay. So then, do you yeah. feel like the show of Rocky Horror Show would like? helped in the time? I think in the time it did. I think now that we're more educated about um, the trans community and trans people, I think you look at it a little bit like uh, this isn't really helping people understand that a person who is actually transgendered wants to, or a transvestite or whatever, wants to wants to fit in. They mm-hmm. don't necessarily want to stand out. and so And then also like calling them an alien might also be kind of hurtful yeah so i think now looking back it's like we're in a different space Mm -hmm. which i think is why they cast laverne cox interesting yeah i think you said a very interesting point was that uh frankenfurter is pansexual Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. like for those who may not know completely irrelevant and a different topic than the fact that frankenfurter is trans yes Um, so i think had that been a discussion, right, that this character is pan, or even to just claim him as bi would have been very. I think huge now, for if you time. were like doing a like a Broadway revival. revival, it would be pansexual from <laughs> pan. Yeah. Pansexual. I'm a pansexite from pansexual <laughs> Pennsylvania. Yeah, because yeah, oh, Frankenfurter didn't want to be a woman. He right. wanted to wear women's clothing, and that's an entirely different thing. My dad is like a transvestite. Eddie... He's not a transsexual. He doesn't want to be a woman, but he likes to wear women's shoes. It's like Eddie. Like um, oh my gosh, who's the comedian who dresses like a Eddie woman? Izzard. Eddie yeah. Izzard. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's, like Eddie it's Izzard. different. Yeah. yeah. Um, now let's talk about, because like we did talk about a little bit before, and I think that this kind of segues into it too, with people being free and dressing how they mm-hmm. want to. And as you guys were talking about before, the audience participation with this show, yeah. it's, it's a huge, huge thing. People go to this show and they're dressed from head to toe. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, it's still public. We can't be nude. <laughs> maybe, I don't people, know. maybe in some places. Yeah, yeah, but you people guys, do as, yeah. they go as Rocky. Yeah, if you've yeah. been but, to but, the new art in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. there's but I'm just saying, if you choose to go nudity. to the show nude, and you leave nude, <laughs> I mean, legally you, may you can be in San arrested. Francisco, so, you know, as long as you put something down to sit on. San Francisco. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, this is this is one show, as you said, that fully encourages people yeah. to interact with the cast as they're on stage. I think that's the thing it's done for the LGBTQ community, because if you feel like you're different, you can go to... You can go to any midnight screening of Rocky Horror Picture Show and feel completely at home because everyone there has their own um, identity and is proudly displaying their identity. Yeah, and I love that it's it's totally welcomed into the Rocky Horror Show. You know, that like you can shout out at the cast and they can respond. I was watching the um, 40th anniversary on BBC America and... They shouted something. I didn't, I don't remember what it was, but um, Stephen Fry was the criminologist for that one clip and he responds to them. <laughs> and it was amazing because it's, it's live theater. I love theater they can like see that. You. I love theater like that. I think it also just makes the actors have to be so much more on their game mm-hmm. because yeah, you, you have, have to know be improv. To, yeah, you have yeah. to be able to take something being thrown at you and right. throw it right back at them. Because otherwise, if you just ignore it, it doesn't make the show as fun to watch. Right. Hmm. Sorry, there is a discussion in the chat going on about whether Frankenfurter is pansexual or bisexual. Um, In the thing I read, which was Richard, 
uh, O'Brien saying it. He said pansexual. That's why I brought yeah. that up. Yeah. Um, that was what and Richard Serenity said. in the chat says, Frankenfurt is all about sex, which is bi- uh, which is the body, so buy it best. And I disagree. I think that um, Frankenfurter, while being all about sex, doesn't care what the I mean, the if you technically are. think about it, Rocky yeah. is not male or female because no. it's not a person. Rocky's building a man. He's building yeah. a man. With blonde hair and a tan. <laughs> I mean, he's a male in that sense, but he, yeah. it's still not a person. He's not so a person. He does not have so a So he doesn't button. mind having sex with something that is not a person. I mean, that said, we've also never seen guaranteed what genitals uh, Rocky has. Not True. that that defines his gender. We've seen but, a bulge. No. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what else is down there. Um, we have both. Boy, would I like to find out. <laughs> Since we're getting to the end here, though. Yeah. Don't have a whole lot of time left. I do want to go into the Tony Awards. Yeah. Um, this, and we're going to queue up a, fil- a video for this, the revival because there wasn't one for the original. It was nominated in 1975 only for Best Line Design and did not win. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's such a snub. It you guys look snub. good in the lighting, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you this. Um, but in 2001, it was nominated for Best Revival of a Musical, Best Performance by a Leading Actor for Tom Hewitt, Best Direction, and Best Costume Design. Um, and the costuming is a little bit more, I feel, motorbike-esque, at least from the Tony Awards performance. Um, so we can go ahead and play that. And this is the criminologist kind of sending us on our way into this. Sexuals and dirty biker girls, and, <laughs> and that's just the audience. <laughs> and that's just the joke. Here, meet some of my really weird friends. Charlotte, we're going to take you on a strange journey. It's just a jump to the left. Wow. <laughs> Do you like his little collar? Slash leash. Uh, you know, this what? is totally like biker goth. Yeah, I love that. It. It. It, it feels like the crow. It does yeah. feel like the crow. <laughs> Like, let's just have they ever Alice done Cooper a crow musical? I feel like that should be a thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it pretty much is just Alice Cooper songs since he still is love. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And there's Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that supposed to be Riff Raff? Yeah. 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 You'll see Eddie in a second, which is Boo. Oh what God. was that? That was good. Your hands on your hips. And also, Alice There's Ripley's a lot of microphone. Heavy breathing. Alice it's Ripley's not microphone is, is, uh, <laughs> is turned up too loud, I believe. Who? Alice Ripley's playing oh. Janet. Uh, whoever was sounded The heavy breathing is not us. Yeah. I, was, I was like wondering who was doing it. See, this is like what's so fun. Like, I would love to go see it, just have people pulling me out of the that audience. Yeah, yeah, that that yeah, we're at the Tony Awards. Yeah. You see, you can totally tell it's also the microphone that's turned up. Yeah. Wow. It's time for a revival. I know. How interesting. I don't like that Rocky is wearing a jacket. Yeah, why? Why does he have clothes on? It's like, that's why I always say when Alexander Skarsgård's in anything, why does he have clothes on? I do think um, this would be a great time to revive this show, especially with the Fox one just coming out. Only if they don't hire that costumer. (laughs) Agreed. Um, But I think it'd be interesting to see what they do with it now on Broadway. Yeah. Definitely. So, so guys, if you're listening over in, over in New York, we'd like to see this. Please make it. 
Ah, Serenity in the chat says they need to give Tim Curry a special Tony for excellence or oh, something. Oh, that would yeah. be great. Yeah. I totally agree because I, I hate the fact that he was never nominated. Yeah. 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 He's an icon. He should get like a, a, what do they give people when they're old? Like a lifetime they achievement. Yeah, lifetime achievement award. <laughs> when they're old. They do have honor, honorary Tony Awards. That Great. They do. He, he yeah. should get one. Yes. Let's let's make that happen. <laughs> we I'll voted start here. Start the yes. petition. <laughs> we all West sign. Coast, East Coast. We're starting it here. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ooh. Sorry. I know we're out of time. Serenity wants us to cast our own revival on Broadway. Oh. And I feel like that's such a great thing we should do on Twitter because yeah. we definitely yeah. don't have time here. Of we don't have time. Forever. But mm-hmm. yeah, we will discuss. We will create a list and we're going to post it on our Broadway breakdown page. Um, so thank you guys for joining us so much. Uh, you can rate, subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, right here on YouTube. We have our comment section below. Hit that little like button. Tell us what your diva song is. Tell us what shows you want us to cover. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear from you. Um, also, we have our Broadway Breakdown page on Facebook, and a Broadway Beatdown is our name on Twitter. Uh, and of course, you can always find me. And next at- week, we're discussing the movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can always find me at bfibs14 on Instagram and Twitter. And Jackie. 123JackieB on all platforms. Uh, I'm Yael Teagle. You can find me everywhere at Yael Teagle. That's Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. And I have a podcast. It's called Intimate Interrogations. It is on iTunes and now on Stitcher. It's free. Sometimes it is filthy. Sometimes it is not. <laughs> and I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys. So you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And right here uh, on our sister network, After Buzz TV, all night long for Ash vs. Evil Dead, soap operas, whatever. Just do not spoil The Walking Dead for me. <laughs> and thank you guys. Like Jackie said, we're going to be covering the movie next week, so come back. We're going to do the time warp again, and we'll see you then. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.